This is the intersection. The intersection. This is the Intersection Podcast, recorded Tuesday, the 12th of September, 2017. Episode 20, For the Few, Not the Many. The Intersection Podcast is only made possible through the support of its listeners and sponsors. If you have a product or service that you feel may appeal to our audience, please contact sponsor at intersectioncast.com. Hello and welcome to The Intersection, the podcast that bridges together the worlds of tech and pop culture. Um, today's episode is going to be, uh, well, I had to record it really, I had to record it quickly because we've just had Apple's uh, media event where they have unveiled a whole variety of new products. Now, this is the big one that we were expecting for quite a while, um, but a lot has actually happened this past weekend, um, especially since the last episode of The Intersection. Um, we've had massive leaks, uh, which is been unprecedented really for um, prior to an apple event we had some massive leaks at the weekend because someone and this was someone from the inside of apple tipped off uh, two leading uh, apple blogs nine to five mac and mac rumors with uh, details of ios 11 the golden master which is essentially the release candidate for ios 11 um, they tipped them off that these were actually publicly available now it seemed like Apple um, had made these publicly available, but they were, were obs- obscured uh, under a, some, some complex sort of URLs. So basically, unless you knew exactly where you were going and what you were looking for, there's no way you could accidentally stumble across the uh, the firmware for iOS 11. And um, it seems that Apple have actually done this for a while, um, the, the notion of security via obscurity. But it seemed like these blogs in particular were tipped off by someone on the inside and of course, naturally, and, and I totally appreciate why they would do this, um, in the interest of journalism, they um, downloaded the firmware. Um, they had uh, the Golden Master of iOS 11 and they just looked into it. And they looked closer into the code and they it revealed a whole load of information. For example, it revealed that um, the new Apple Watch will indeed um, have a, a 4G radio in it. Um, simply the way that was revealed was not only through the code, but through images so when you pair your apple watch for example you see an image of your apple watch um and and then it goes through the instructions for pairing and so the the image showed a a new apple watch with a red dot on the uh, digital crown and uh, with a new watch face with actually um you know the reception the network reception um the coverage on 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 the watch face which confirmed that, that that for us and also um the firmware also confirmed and revealed the names of the new iPhones, uh, iPhone 8, iPhone 8 Plus and iPhone X. It also, and at the time, um, the assumption was revealed uh, information about a new a new a new generation of airpods and um this was um reckoned to be a minor a minor um update because uh, they were referred to as airpods 1.5 and again there was an image you know the image you get when you connect your airpods or any w1 device um headphones or earbuds to your to your iphone you get the uh, the 3d image of the device that sort of sort of spins around 
there was an image of that and on the AirPods case uh, there was an indicator on the outside of the case. Normally a little light indicator is in the inside of the case to tell you you know the charging uh, status and the battery status but this one was on the outside which led many to assume that um, it, it was indeed a new pair of AirPods or a new revision to the AirPods. Now as I recall this, we've just had Apple's event. Apple have just officially unveiled their products. And um, so a lot of what was leaked to the weekend, it was absolutely accurate. Um, I'm going to go through quickly some of my, my thoughts, my immediate thoughts um, following the conference. And um, yep, uh, we, we did have a few predictions in our last edition of The Intersection. And quite a few of them were wrong, but quite a few of them were right. But um, I'm going to go through things in the order that they were presented to us at the uh, um, the conference. Now, first of all, Apple did unveil the new Apple Watch. It is known as the Apple Watch Series 3. The Apple Watch Series 3, um, the main new feature on that is the 4G reception, uh, the 4G radio. So you will be able to uh, make and receive phone calls while away from your phone. You'll be able to use app uh, apps and you'll be able to sort of um, and use data services with away from your phone also you will so give an example of usage or types of usage that that could include um for example apple music you can access your uh, the apple music catalog your itunes library that's in the cloud and you can stream any any sort of music you want away from your phone with your earbuds in your ear let's say for example say airpods it's a great companion for when you're running um now other things as well um for example phone calls can be made now there's a lot of um there's a lot of assumptions and the prediction that we made was that you'd only be able to make VoIP calls um sort of FaceTime audio Skype that sort of thing actually that's not the case you can indeed make full phone calls and Apple had um this rather flash um demo where they contacted someone who was literally on a lake elsewhere and that person was speaking to him through the new Apple Watch. So that person was only using the built-in mic of the new Apple Watch and they came across really clearly. And that was incredibly impressive. Um, and so and another thing that's quite impressive is that Apple said that it, this isn't a case of popping in a new SIM card into the Apple Watch and, um, you know, you'll, you'll get a new phone number. Not at all. Um, the SIM card is actually built into the watch itself. Um, so only certain uh, networks will support it uh, at launch. So hopefully, eventually, they will all support it. But in terms of the UK, it seems initially EE are the only network to support it. And Apple promised that, um, you know, when you do uh, connect the watch um, to a 4G network, any... Um, you can be contactable basically from your existing phone number. So your main phone number that's um, attached to the SIM card that's in your iPhone, for example, you'll be contactable on the watch via that. Um, obviously, they're using some sort of call forwarding or something like that. But um, the same way you'll be able to make calls um, from the watch itself. There is a there is a keypad, uh, so you can dial out and make calls. And um, that those calls will appear to be from 
to appear to be made from your main phone number which is the one tied to your iPhone. So there is a little bit of trickery there and um, I guess it may take a while before all the net UK networks get on board with that. Uh, but the Apple Watch Series 3 is, a, is pretty much uh, available straight away to pre-order. The prices seem incredibly reasonable, to be honest with you. Um, just to run through them, um, you're looking, and I'm, I'm going to go with the uh, the cheapest, um, the sports edition models here, the um, aluminium um, case and sports editions, which have always been uh, the most popular of Apple Watch models. But you're looking at, uh, from the sports edition, um, £329 for the 38mm version, uh, £359 for the 42mm version. Those prices are for the Apple Watch Series 3 with GPS, just GPS as Apple refer to it. So um, what that basically means is that does not have the uh, the cellular option, uh, the 4G um, radio in, inside of that. But if you do want to go all out and go for the GPS and cellular edition, it's going to set you back £399 for the smaller 38mm model and £429 for the 42mm. Now, remember, those are prices based on the cheapest Apple Watch Sport. So obviously, uh, things increase if you go for the, the, the stainless steel or the even ceramic models. And speaking of which, the Apple Watch Edition, which is always the, um, the one made um, of, of the premium material, the, with the Series 2, we had the white ceramic uh, version. Now we have a grey ceramic uh, edition. And, um, you know, it looks pretty good. looks pretty gorgeous, actually. Um, again, it's, it's a very expensive model. So, you know, if, if, if you're, in, in, you're in the market for the more premium Apple Watch, it's definitely worth looking at. Otherwise, I would say just stick to the sports model. Now, these new Apple Watches, um, they are available soon. They're actually uh, available um, to pre-order from the 15th of September. So the 15th of September, you'll be able to get hold of those. And in terms of the uh, the cellular service that uh, EE will be offering uh, Apple Watch 3 owners, um, there's not any news at all about how that's going to work, uh, whether that's going to mean uh, existing EE customers will have to pay for a separate contract, although all things uh, that Apple mentioned seem to suggest that that would be the case. Um, but there's no information at all about you know how much that will actually cost. Now, um, EE's website does have a form um, uh, regarding the Apple Watch 3 where you can sort of register your interest. Um, it's not quite a pre-order form, but you can register your interest and they'll get back to you with more information. So it sounds like they haven't quite figured out um, pricing just yet. Um, it does seem like that they will be offering the Apple Watch itself um, on the network in terms of, I'm guessing, uh, some sort of um, a price plan. You know, you're paying for the, for the device itself as, as long as much as, as at the same time as the service um so i i don't think that's probably the most cost away effective way of doing things um and there'll be a lot of people who just want to buy the uh, the watch outright particularly the sports models uh and and just get the data plan but i'm, I'm really disappointed that this is limited to EE. Um, I don't like when things are tied to one network because they almost always take advantage price-wise. So we can't make a judgment yet. It's a little bit too soon, but I, I would imagine possibly even by the time um, you listen to this, but imagine in the next day or so, we should get more information from EE. Um, basically, um, the Apple Watch 3 has an improved processor. 
um, it has a W2 wireless chip, uh, which, which, which aids uh, the, uh, the Wi-Fi radio and, and the, um, the Bluetooth radio. It also has, um, it's quite some nifty engineering. So you might wonder um, where on earth the SIM card is and where on earth the, um, the antenna is on the Apple Watch Series 3. Well, the antenna is actually baked within the screen. Um, the screen itself acts as an antenna, which which keeps the watch slim, and it has exactly the same form factor um, and uh, thickness as the Apple Watch Series 2. So the Apple Watch um, is still um, waterproof, this, this one, and so if you can imagine the benefits of that, and they did give some good examples like going to the beach or going for a swim and, you know, where you're forced to leave your phone behind, or even just going to the gym, actually, just leave your phone in the locker, locked up. And you'll still be contactable. You can still make calls. I mean, there's a lot of advantages to this. Now, I'm still on my Generation um, Zero Apple Watch, and I haven't really felt the need to upgrade until now, actually. Um, it sounds like quite a compelling update. I think the prices are quite reasonable. Um, and... Uh, I don't think I'll buy it, though, to be quite honest, unless someone wants to buy me one as a gift. I don't think I'm going to buy it. But um, those who have been waiting to get on board with Apple Watch, most definitely, I'd say the product is ready now. Um, other features that are exclusive to the Apple Watch Series 3 um, include um, Siri. Siri now has a voice. Now, this is what bothered me a little bit, because Apple, the way they spun this was that... Um, the Apple Watch now has the processing power to give Siri a voice. So Siri can speak to you if you want. Now, before Siri just used to give you a text response if you asked it a question on the watch. Now your watch will speak to you. Um, again, really, is, is the Series 3 the only model capable of doing this? That's so Apple say. So Apple say. Um, and there was a, just a general update about Watch OS 4. Now, Watch OS 4 is due to arrive on September the 19th. And Watch OS 4 will bring a, a, a whole um, um, a wealth of improvements um, to the Apple Watch experience, which should be enjoyed by all Apple Watch owners. So Series 1 right through to 3, hopefully Series 0 as well. So we have the introduction of Jim Kit. Um, so there will be a synchronization between your, let's say you're using a running machine at the gym. Um, and it has its own sensors and, and monitors and heart rate monitors, etc. And your Apple Watch naturally um, can measure your heart rate. So the, the two two devices will be able to speak to one another. Um, that's Jim Kit, and Apple will use the um, the NFC, the near field communication chip in the within the Apple Watch to do to do that to communicate with the gym equipment. Um, it remains to be seen how. Um, gym operators can actually get this working whether the equipment that's there will work as is straight away with the apple watch whether new equipment needs to be ordered again i can't see them doing that so i i think this this particular feature is going to take a while um to really sort of take off um other things they mentioned was um there's now an alert, which is actually going to save a lot of lives, I think. It's, it's, it's going to be quite good. There's now a um, an alert uh, uh, that you will receive in your watch if it detects an elevated heart rate when you're not being active. 
Now, um, such an occurrence would normally um, Im imply um, some, a serious health condition. And there have been examples um, in the past with the, the existing Apple Watch models where people have uh, looked at their, you know, monitored their heart rate a lot more closely by own after owning an Apple Watch and have discovered that their heart rate was abnormally high when they weren't doing much activity at all. Uh, just to find that it was, it was indeed a serious condition. So I can see why Apple would want to to sort of push on this and it's really good it's a good example of actually doing you know doing something good using technology to um to, you know just to better our lives look out for our health a little bit more and um i can see um health being um you know, health and health well-being and fitness being um a future area of concentration for the apple watch because um when the apple watch was first released um it was support, supposed to be this sort of wonderful uh, device with a whole whole array of features but really it was just sort of a jack of all trains trades a master of none now apple have since been really focusing on on, on the health side of things and they've also announced uh, with watchers for the apple heart study um again so the, uh, you know the measurements of uh, heart rates uh, in, in in combination with people's activity levels will be shared with uh, various medical institutions so that you know that that that's pretty good to see as well and there was a wonderful promotional video about the, uh, the health benefits of the Apple Watch. And um, it was, um, I don't know if it was the actual people, but basically um, a bunch of actors, um, I, I assume, reading letters that have been sent to Apple or to Tim Cook himself, sort of thanking him for the technology behind the Apple Watch. It was a bit of a pat on the back to Tim Cook, to be honest. Uh, but basically thanking him for the technology of the Apple Watch because it has helped with their various um, ailments. And, um, you know, for example, um, a, 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 a girl. So there was a, there was a guy who said his, little, his daughter is a type 1 diabetic and it's transformed her life because the Apple Watch speaks to her uh, glucose monitor and, um, you know, they'll be able to see when her blood sugar level is either dangerously high or dangerously low. Now, I'm a type 1 diabetic myself and I'm not aware of the Apple Watch being able to do this or maybe it works in conjunction with um, a continuous um, glucose monitor manufactured by someone else. Okay, maybe that's the case. But, you know, as a type 1 diabetic, as soon as the Apple Watch, whatever future generation of the Apple Watch is able to, out of the box, monitor my blood glucose levels non-invasively, I'm all over that and I will pay big money for it. Now, the next uh, product Apple unveiled at the event uh, was the follow-up to the Apple TV. And as predicted, they did announce a 4K um, version of the Apple TV, um, sort of unimaginatively called the Apple TV 4K. Now, um, this version um, uh, supports um, uh, 4K uh, and HDR, that's high dynamic range. So you need a 4K television you need some 4K source material and you need basically to, to take the most advantage of it, a 4K television set with high dynamic range. I'm not in that boat myself. So I, you know, there's, there's little point in me upgrading um, because actually the Apple TV 4K offers very little else. Yes, it does have a, um, a, a faster processor. In actual fact, it has an A10X Fusion processor, which is exactly the same in the iPad Pro. But obviously, the uh, extra heft is needed to drive um, Ultra HD content. 
Now, what uh, the most interesting thing about this announcement was, was not necessarily the box itself. I mean, we were expecting a 4K model. Um, it looks pretty much the same. It's going to, uh, the remote hasn't changed, by the way. <laughs> the Siri remote hasn't changed at all. It's um, it's going to have the same version of tvOS um, as the Apple TV 4 will have. And in, in terms of that, it will, it will support the same features. Um, there was mention of, for example, the TV app, which was, which is basically an app where um, it it sort of um, uh, curates uh, not so much a playlist, but a TV guide for you, a selection of on-demand and maybe sometimes live TV programming based on the uh, the content that you have access to. Um, so be that the, uh, the subscription services that uh, you are a member of or the free services, for example, um, catch-up TV, video on demand, that sort of thing. And it's all in one place, the TV app. And the TV app syncs uh, via iCloud uh, between your other um, Apple devices also. And the TV app has been out in the and it's been available to the US um, Apple TV users for ooh, best part of a year now, I think. So six months to a year. And um, not in the UK, sadly. Um, but now Apple did announce that that is actually coming uh, to the UK and a host of other countries as well. And um, sort of, so it will tie together the UK streaming services. And there were a few names in there. Um, they did show a couple of slides of the service providers. I did see Channel 5 there. So I'm hoping there will be a lot more catch-up TV, um, which is um, um, one area that, that that's sorely lacking with, with the Apple TV, UK catch-up TV services. So I'm hoping it means that that will be there. Um, and also other video on-demand services. Um, Apple also said that uh, they're bringing live sports to the uh, Apple TV. Now, I think this is going to be a US-centric service simply because of all the rights issues. And they were demoing a lot of basketball and baseball, etc., saying you won't have to miss a game at all. You know, you pick your team and then, you know, um, in the TV app, you're, you're notified whenever your team is playing, etc., etc. So, um, I mean, I did see a glimpse of some international football, but... Um, Again, there was no idea of what service that was tied into. And I suspect it's one of the American services simply because Sky control everything when it comes to uh, football in, in, in the UK. Um, so, um, I mean, that, that's, that's in terms of the software. Again, that's largely the same on the existing Apple TV, um, Apple TV 4. Um, so you're not really missing out if you don't have a 4K HDR TV. Not really. Um, what I, um, so what are you getting with the, with the 4k one? We're obviously going to get um, new screen savers and, and, and things like that. Things will look prettier. Um, and you will actually be able to take advantage of, um, existing services such as Netflix and Amazon prime. So Amazon prime movies is coming to the Apple TV and, um, uh, both Amazon prime and Netflix offer 4k streaming. I believe it's a premium tier of Netflix, um, but they, you know, that the 4K uh, streams will be supported on the new Apple TV. So if you are existing members of those services and have a 4K TV, it definitely sounds like the way to go. Also, the the most pleasant surprise uh, out of all the announcements concerning the Apple TV uh, was the how iTunes is going to deal with 4K movies. Apple said that um, a number of leading uh, film studios have agreed to um, allow for 4K versions of movies to be 
purchasable on the iTunes store and rentable on the iTunes store. Now, what was more interesting is that the price of those movies are going to be exactly the same as the HD versions. And I know, and I don't know how they got that one past the studios, actually, because I know there was a lot of um, conflict between Apple and the studios concerning this. The studios wanted more money. They wanted to pay, they wanted to charge a premium on, H, on, on HDR content and, and you know, ultra HD content. And um, Apple was saying, no, well, you know, basically that's not a good idea. It should be the same as normal standard 1080p HD. So it seems like Apple won for the time being. But obviously, I don't think all the studios are on board, but it seems like most of the big ones are. Um, what's even more interesting is that Apple say that if you have purchased an HD version of a movie in the past, you automatically can get the 4K version downloadable for free. You can download the 4K version for free. So that's actually... Do I want to use the word generous? It's, yeah, it's pretty generous, actually, considering how greedy the studios can be. So that was a pleasant surprise. Now, um, the Apple TV 4, actually, because of the uh, the faster processor and, um, you know, the use of, of 4K, the support for 4K, um, the demo was actually given um, on, on, on the gaming capabilities of the Apple TV um 4k i called it 4 didn't i the apple tv 4k is actually the fifth generation and um it, it, i mean i'm not really a fan i'm not really sold on the idea of gaming on the apple tv i think you can't do a thing with the siri remote in terms of controlling the game i think that um the the made for you know on of apple tv um in, in licensed um bluetooth controllers are awkward and clunky feeling i just don't think it really flies as a gaming device however they did get, give a demo of a game called sky and it looked very impressive it looked gorgeous in fact the graphics look really good so obviously you know this this the a10 fusion has a lot of power behind it and, and the apple tv can can pull off some uh, a quality of gaming in terms of the graphics, I should say, not necessarily control, but uh, in terms of the graphics, it's comparable to some of the home con uh, home consoles. So um, that was pretty impressive. But again, I'm not really sold on the idea of gaming on an Apple TV. Now, in terms of the price, the Apple TV 4K, I think, is a little expensive, particularly when you compare it to other products on the market. Um there's a variety of Android TV boxes that support 4K. For example, the Amazon um, Fire TV 4K, for example, is, 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 is fairly reasonably priced. It's under £100. I think it's around £70. Um, the Apple TV 4K is, like the Apple TV 4, available in two storage uh, capacities. You've got 32GB and 64GB now the price is as follows the price for the 32 gigabyte is 179 pounds 179 pounds the price of the 64 gigabyte model is 199 pounds now that's pretty expensive i think um for what it does and apple <laughs> Content is king here, and Apple don't have a lot of exclusive content uh, to offer at all in 4K, with the exception of what's going on with the iTunes library. Um, you know, um, I, don't, I don't think what they have to offer, and, and it's a good start, don't get me wrong, uh, the deal they got in the movie studios, but I just don't think what they have to offer 
is quite uh, worthy of that premium price for that box. Um, you could argue that tvOS is an impressive um, operating system for a for TV streaming box. You could argue that the Siri remote is an impressive piece of technology, but it hasn't actually changed from the previous generation's version. So you're paying that hefty premium just for a 4K box, really. And, and all right, maybe that A10X processor. Um, so I'm not sure if it's worth it, well, certainly not worth it for me if you're in the market for a streaming box and you have a 4K TV that supports HDR. It, yeah, I would give it serious consideration, I suppose. Yeah. Now, the Apple TV 4K um, is actually available to pre-order from the 15th of September and will actually be available or start shipping and be available in stores from the 22nd of September. Now on to the big announcements, uh, the main announcements uh, for the event, and that is the new iPhones. Now these are the ones that everyone was really waiting for. And, um, you know, before before Tim sort of introduced uh, the first of the new iPhones, he, he presented a rather nice retrospective about the iPhone as a product, um, about the numerous innovations that Apple have uh, introduced through, with each model throughout the years. For example, um, you know, multi-touch to, um, you know, Siri and FaceTime and iMessage and Touch ID and Apple Pay and all of these innovations. And he made a very good point um, in that, um, you know, the iPhone is such a successful product that, you know, when you use the iPhone, the hardware virtually disappears. You don't, it, it's so natural and intuitive to use. You don't actually think about what you're doing. You just kind of do it. Uh, and that's very true about the iPhone. And that's very true about iOS. And that's what's made the iPhone a, I would say, a mass market uh, product that's embraced by young and by old. Now, ironically enough, after Apple was sort of celebrating this about the iPhone and how it all came from Steve Jobs' vision, um, I would argue that this was the point in which the iPhone ceased to be a mass market product and has returned to being a premium product for the wealthy. Now, I'll go on to that in a minute. Uh, first of all, um, I, I'll, I'll deal with their first announcement, and that was, no surprises following the leak, the announcement of the iPhone 8. Now, the iPhone 8 is not much of an upgrade to the iPhone 7. It looks pretty much exactly the same, um, apart from uh, a glass back and slightly different, a different, slight different position of the uh, antenna bands. Um, I mean, a glass black is nice, but um, the phone largely looks the same. And I'm not sure how the public are going to take to this. Um, the It's available in three colors. It's available in uh, black and it's available in silver and in a lovely new shade of gold, which actually looks very, very nice. Um, they they've kept to the same sort of um, the same sort of uh, configuration as the 7 series in that there is no dual camera in the non plus model so the 8 plus has a dual camera that supports portrait mode the 8 uh, the standard 8 model doesn't now true tone um the technology that was introduced with the ipad pro where 
uh, the sort of the light, uh, the, the, the light temperature of the screen um, adjusts depending on your surroundings because there is an ambient light sensor on the device. And once you use True Tone, you can't go back, actually. Um, that's been introduced to the iPhone for the first time. We've got new stereo speakers uh, at each end of the device, much like we have stereo speakers at each end of the iPad Pro. So that will make for louder, 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 louder volume and, and deeper bass. And this thing is going to be powered by the uh, new A11 chip, an A11 Bionic chip, it's called. Uh, power six cores um now essentially that's really it um there is a couple of new features but I, again I, I don't think these are particularly going to stand out uh to the to the general public now we as expected the iphone 8 will support wireless charging now what's interesting is that apple have um are supporting the Qi standard of wireless charging, which most other phones that support wireless charging um, conform to. They actually join the Qi consortium and are members of that consortium, as are Samsung. Um, and it's kind of good, actually. I'm kind of glad that they've gone with standard and not released their own sort of proprietary wireless um, standard. And I knew something was up when... There was a lot of mention of third-party charges. They were literally men mentioning companies such as Belkin by name, saying that you know, there's a load of, of Qi chargers on the market, Qi chargers in, uh, in supermarkets, um, supermarkets, restaurants even, restaurants and coffee shops, and um, you can charge your phones there and airports, and, you know, it's all the standard. And it's almost like Apple admitting they're late to the party and they don't really have anything special or anything unique to offer in that respect. But nonetheless, um, a lot of people will embrace um, the option of wireless charging. And there are a whole load of third-party products out there, some more expensive than others, but others are quite cheap and quite reasonable. Um, now, they didn't at this point of the event mention their own wireless charging pad uh, and actually did, um, in the publicity shots, did show a, a, a Belkin one, which was a, a rose a gold sort of colour. Now... <laughs> Or they did mention they were right at the end. That's the thing. So I'm kind of jumping forward here because I'm, I'm talking about wireless charging. So when they unveiled um, another model of iPhone, which I will go into in a minute, they did say, oh, by the way, we have our own wireless charging pad that's coming out at some point next year, which is odd because normally these things should be available um, at, at launch with the phones. And they're going to call this they're going to call this the Air Power which isn't a catchy name, but the air power is basically um, quite a long rectangular uh, shaped uh, wireless charging pad where you just lay your iPhone down and it will wirelessly charge. The, um, the good thing about this one, though, is that this works with other Apple devices. So their idea is that we have, you know, you have a whole load of Apple devices and you you know, should be able to wirelessly charge them at once, particularly if you leave them on your nightstand, go to bed, etc., now, the iPhone, the new iPhone, uh, was announced to support wireless charging. That's fine. We know that. But um, they also showed the an Apple Watch and um, an AirPod, some AirPods. Now, this explains the leak from the weekend. When everyone was assuming that we saw from the images within iOS 11, the leaked iOS 11, 
a new airpod uh, some new airpods because we saw a case with a, a light indicator on the front charging indicator on the front actually that's not the case apple did not announce or as far as i know are not um launching any new uh, variation of airpods what they're actually doing is and they said this quite clearly is they're going to sell an optional airpod case airpod charging case this is the new one with the, the charging indicator the battery indicator status indicator on the front of the case this case will support the wireless charging pad the air power pad so you just prop the case down on the pad and it will charge wirelessly i know <laughs> I, i'm not sure who's gonna i mean would you buy a, a brand new airpod case just just to wirelessly charge a replacement airpod case will set you back 65 pounds anyway so goodness knows how much that would charge but that would cost um and um obviously the, next, the other product is the apple watch they showed an apple watch being charged on this pad also which is fine because the apple watch does charge wirelessly anyway um it has it, it comes with a wireless charger but what annoyed me is they said oh yes it will wirelessly charge apple watches uh, series three apple watches so what about series two and series one and well, there is no reason at all why those shouldn't be able to charge wirelessly so that that, that annoyed me right there um to be honest with you but um this wireless charging pad the air power um it, it looks rather attractive i can see a lot of apple fans uh, jumping for that no idea about price no idea about when it's going to come out that's just some point next year they said which was very strange um so i mean I've been, i'm just going for other improvements to the iphone 8 um, they spent a lot of time talking about the improved camera, um, you know, more detailed, more colorful images, um, the best camera sensor yet in an iPhone um, and how it handles uh, low light conditions. And they, they, they show some very um, impressive examples. But bear in mind, all these examples came from the 8 Plus model, because yet again, the dual camera is exclusive to the 8 Plus model, um, to the Plus model. And um, there is a new feature in addition to uh, the portrait mode um, there's a new feature um, with uh, called portrait lighting and portrait lighting is going to launch with the iPhone 8 in beta so they haven't quite perfected it yet uh, and what this does is it provides real lighting adjustments uh, through various presets so um, not they don't so we're not talking about digital digital features or manipulating images at all digitally we're talking about actual lighting adjustments um, you know using the uh, the technology of the, of the camera and its lenses um, and some of the examples they showed were actually quite stunning but I've never been able to pull off uh, an iPhone um, a photo to the quality of what, what's shown in the demo, to be perfectly honest with you. Um, but nonetheless, it, it did look impressive. Um, and we're seeing some improvements with video recording. So we now have 4K in 60 frames per second. Uh, we can now record uh, slow motion in at 240 frames per second, which is double the frame rate from before in the 7 series. There was a lot of mention of augmented reality, and we know that um, AR kit is a big part of um, iOS 11. And um, Apple basically said for the iPhone 8, um, augmented um, it, the camera itself, 
the rear camera is actually optimized for augmented reality and there are some enhanced gyroscopes and accelerometers in the device itself uh, to assist with AR. Uh, there was a long demo of an AR game which um, sort of recreated the graphics of some sort of uh, battlefield um, on someone's on, on, on a, a table basically an empty table and it, it was a bit of a long demo and, and it, I it didn't really see the point of it to be quite honest it seemed completely pointless um i would have rather um uh, seen a, a mapping app for example something akin to, to google street view for example with an arrow maybe show me um di you know di directing me or, or show me where the nearest coffee shop is or something like that i would have preferred an everyday a bit of a more of a mundane example about how ar could be used um in, in, in an everyday scenario rather than playing um a, a video game i mean I, I don't think i'm not quite sold with ar yet but the ar kit is part of ios 11 i'm sure some developers will come up with some great ideas and we'll see some fantastic apps so basically the iPhone 8 is available to pre-order from this Friday the 15th of September and it will be released on the following Friday the 22nd of September. Now um, in terms of uh, the models that Apple have to offer um, storage capacity the storage options between the iphone 8 and the iphone 8 plus are exactly the same and it annoys me a little bit and i'll explain why so um your sort of lowest point of entry is a 64 gigabyte model which is fine but that sweet spot of a mid-range model 128 gigabyte has been completely removed for some inexplicable reason although it's probably obvious why when you think about it it jumps to 256 gigabytes. So you either have what I believe is not quite enough storage to masses of storage that you'll probably never use. Now, the prices of these things, let me just get the price from the Apple site. Uh, so the iPhone 8, so this is the standard edition. Um, the standard edition begins at £699 for the 64 gigabyte model. And... £849 for the 256 gigabyte model. Um, now things go up uh, when we go for the iPhone 8 Plus. So the 8 Plus begins at 64 gigabytes for £799 and at 256 gigabytes for £949. That's just shy of a thousand pounds and a thousand pounds is going to be a magic number. And I'll explain that in a moment. And that moment is now the granddaddy of all the announcements, the one we were all waiting for, the announcement of the special edition iPhone, which, uh, uh, Tim Cook actually introduced quite, you know, quite, quite nicely um, as one more thing in, in, in a nod to Steve Jobs, as as Steve used to do. And the one thing, one more thing, was the iPhone X. Actually, it's not called the iPhone X; they're calling it the iPhone X. The iPhone X, and again, those who saw the leaks at the weekend um, aren't too surprised, but they're calling it the iPhone X in recognition 
of uh, the uh, the achievements that have been made in, in the first 10 years of Apple's smartphone. And uh, as I predicted, it, it is being sort of marketed and billed as a nod to the future. So here's to the next 10 years. And um, so it, uh, no, Tim, Tim Cook started off with a nice nod to Steve Jobs, as I say. Um, this, and this is um, the, the future of, of smartphones, as, as Apple call it. And they say that it will actually set the path for the next decade of technology, that the path that uh, was started by Steve uh, 10 years ago. Now, it's very interesting that they're calling it 10 and not X. Um, so we have an iPhone 8 on the market and an iPhone 10. We don't have an iPhone 9, and I don't think we're going to go backwards and have an iPhone 9 next year. So I think uh, we're seeing the last year of the numbering, I think it's just going to be good old regular iPhone from next year onwards. Um, and this iPhone we've seen, we've seen all the leaks, um, but there's always something um, rather appealing about seeing it in the flesh. And when I say in the flesh, I mean in a, a nicely slick, uh, polished and professionally uh, produced uh, video reel. And um, so it's what we expect. It is an iPhone with an OLED screen. Um, a beautiful OLED screen and with an edge-to-edge -edge display. Um, and it is basically uh, the iPhone I have been waiting for um, because I'm a little bored with the iPhone 6 form factor, which we now have for the fourth year running in the iPhone 8. And this edge-to-edge -edge display uh, allows for a 5.8-inch screen with a form factor that is actually smaller than the plus model. So smaller than the seven plus and the eight plus, um, a little bit bigger than the, the standard seven, eight model. Um, but this allows for a, a phone to be more pocketable, uh, while enjoying a, a beautiful large screen. And, um, so edge to edge display, um, a beautifully polished stainless steel band. I mean, it really has a sort of a premium finish, a premium look to it. Um, now, interestingly enough, everyone was expecting this thing, uh, to be, um, announced in, in terms of the colors, uh, in space gray, silver, and that this new blush gold that got leaked. Well, there's been no sign of this blush gold. It wasn't mentioned at all. The iPhone 10 is available in space gray or silver. That is all. Um, and I think they, I think they probably were toying with the idea of gold. Maybe there was manufacturing problems. I don't know. But this iPhone has um, a glass back, much like the iPhone 8, which allows for wireless charging. The uh, screen is being billed as a HDR display. An HDR display, and like the iPhone uh, 8, um, it will have Apple's True Tone technology in there. And um, the marketing uh, name, the marketing moniker for display is the Super Retina display. And so we saw this thing in action, and um, we we basically saw how there are going to be changes in the user interface to make the thing work. So such a large screen all you have to do is tap the screen to wake the phone up much like the apple watch there is no home button so you might wonder how on earth do you navigate home with this phone 
or how you how on earth do you sort of invoke um, the multitasking um, windows? Well, what you do is you swipe up. There's a little, actually a little activity bar, a very thin bar at the bottom of uh, of, of the screen uh, on the on the, on the, on, on the uh, display itself, and you can move that bar. So essentially, you swipe upwards from that bar to return to the home screen, and you swipe upwards on that bar and pause literally for half a second to get the um, the multitasking display. If you want to quickly move between apps, you simply swipe along the bar itself. Um, to get to control center, there are basically, so this phone is edge to edge display apart from um, the little notch on the top, which we've seen now. And um, so the screen kind of, um, the screen has these kind of ears, as you call, as they call them, uh, where at towards the top, where in, in each end of of, of the uh, the screen, um, there is a status indicator. So on one side it shows the time, the other side shows your um, your reception, um, your network status. And if you swipe down from any of those status indicators, um, you will get into control center. So because there's no dedicated home button, you can use the power button, the lock button to invoke Siri. Um, and you, I mean, the basic things work in all sorts of different ways. So now because there's no touch ID, now there's no touch ID at all. And this is not new news. We're not surprised. We heard this for a long time and it's just confirmed today that there is no touch ID with this phone. So to unlock your phone, to authenticate yourself, to protect your phone, um, it uses uh, face recognition technology, which is absolutely crazy because this, from the way they demoed it, was far superior to anything we've seen from anyone else, including Samsung. Um, now, this all works from uh, one of the cameras on the front display. So that little notch on the front, uh, which a lot of people argue um is unsightly is actually actually has a name um so apple call it the true depth camera system so you have the front facing cameras the proximity um sensor you have um the ambient light sensor and all that stuff is there and you also have uh, a dedicated infrared uh sensor which they're um um they basically they say they say is used for the facial scanning and because it's infrared, it works in the dark. Um, they call it uh, a flood illuminator. So it works in the dark. It has no problems um, knowing, identifying who you are. Um, and this is essentially how you, you can, for example, unlock your phone. And the way to do that is you look into the phone and you swipe up. So it's not just going to unlock when it sees you. You have to actually do swipe up. Um, and... So it's also, the technology is so sophisticated, apparently. It uses uh, a neural engine. For <laughs> the first time, a neural engine in, um, in an iPhone, um, the A11 Bionic, uh, Bionic chip, again. And it does this to, um, it does this and to, to basically learn and adapt to um, changes in you. So it will recognize you and it will adapt to changes in the sense that, for example, you may change your hairstyle. You may wear a hat one day. You may wear glasses, take glasses off. I mean, it adapts as um, your, your appearance changes over time. Even like, for example, if you grow facial hair um, and, and, you know, they, they showed examples of this and, and, and it did seem incredibly reliable. And they did mention that this technology is so sophisticated it cannot be spoofed with a still photo, unlike the uh, Samsung Galaxy. 
Galaxy S8, which uh, was famously, its facial recognition was famously spoofed um, using a still photo of someone found on Facebook. Um, and the face data is all protected, uh, much like touch, uh, your fingerprint was with Touch ID with, the, with a secure enclave. Now that explains, for example, that explains how Apple have managed to get rid of Touch ID and keep the banks on board with services such as Apple Pay, etc. Um, and I'll go into that in a minute because Apple did um, go out of their way to address the absence of Touch ID, not to say, not to remind us that it's absent, but just to basically say, you know, that was then and this is now, this is the future. Um, they reminded us that with Touch ID, as secure as it was, um, there was a one in 50,000 uh, chance for someone to unlock your phone with their fingerprint with uh, face id which is the facial rec the name the official name for the facial recognition technology with face id there's a one in a million chance so obviously and immediately they're pitching it's far superior to touch id um, and the way apple pay works and i remember i had a lot of concerns over this the way apple pay works is essentially you have to double tap on the new elongated uh, lock uh, and uh, lock and power button on the um on the on the iphone 10 and you look at your iphone very quickly and you pay so that's it so you invoke touch id by double tapping the button looking at the phone which takes a microsecond and then presenting your phone to the uh, the card the card reader or what have you or ticket barrier depending on how you're using your phone and um, because of the secure enclave, third-party apps that already support Touch ID will automatically support Face ID. So, you know, you'll be able to use it straight off. Now, one thing I did notice um, about uh, the notch, or to um, to use its, uh, its, its proper moniker, the True Depth camera system, is that when they were demoing uh, video playback on the iPhone X, um, you know, when you're watching um, a video in landscape mode, the notch is obviously there, and the, and, and you know the the you the video extends um, to the areas of the very top of the screen where you know where, uh, the ears, so to speak, where the status indicators would normally be. But you've got the notch there, right in the middle, and it looks a little bit weird and a little bit awkward. I'm not sure how annoying that's going to be if you do rely on on your iPhone to watch videos. But it's something that really did stick out to me. Um, and yes, the, so the facial uh, recognition technologies of the iPhone X um, also allow for an enhanced um, AR kit augmented reality experience. Um, so Apple mentioned that um, there are now uh, facial tracking capabilities uh, with, with this new iPhone. And they did show a fantastic demo of Snapchat and uh, Snapchat mask, basically. Uh, um, so Apple executive Craig Federici um, was essentially using the front-facing camera and a mask was applied to his face using augmented reality and it stayed in place and it was it was so precise and he moved he moved his face around and the mask moved with him it really looked like it was on his face and that was just a, a basic example of of the enhancements uh, this sort of technology can bring um and and you know in addition to that um we we get a better front facing camera because of uh, the uh, the sensors, new sensors on on, on this phone. Um, so apparently, Apple um, said that um, the uh, the front facing camera is 
is um, not so much just as good as the back-facing one, but it's it can now support, like the back-facing camera, um, portrait mode and the new portrait lighting mode. So you can really take uh, some high-quality selfies. So um, a lot of people will be looking forward to that. But um, ironically enough, I think the feature that's going to sell this thing is um, isn't particularly... Um, well, it, it, it's clever, but I wouldn't say it's particularly um, essential. Um, Animojis. So Animojis are new 3D emojis, which um, are exclusively, at least for now, exclusively used within iMessages that you can um, basically animate yourself so for example we have a selection of emojis we have various sort of cartoon animals a cat a fox or whatever um you you know you have the, uh, the famous uh, poo emoji that sort of thing but you can control its facial expression because the um the free facial scanning technology behind the iphone 10 can read your face and translate that into the animation of the emoji now they demoed this uh through a message uh that craig federici sent to tim cook and tim cook sent back to him and they were essentially relaying a voice message to one another using an animated emoji now this emoji was um following not only the facial expressions of craig federici when he demoed this but also um you know perfect lip movement perfect lip movement um the emoji was emoting the words that you know the voice the voice message that um craig was 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 um was, was recording and and it, and it did it perfectly so um it's a bit of a silly feature but it's pretty it's a pretty cool use of the technology and ironically enough i can see a lot of people going for this this is going to sell a, a lot of units based on that if anything um and um so yeah so just going through some of the other features so um like the iphone 8 the iphone 10 uh has will have dual cameras uh for portrait mode uh, that's like the 8 plus i should say and will support chi wireless charging um in terms of battery life um they said that uh, the iPhone 10 will, will will provide two more hours of battery life than the iPhone 7. Note they said 7 and not 7 Plus. So I don't expect it to have as good uh, battery life as a 7 Plus or an 8 Plus. Um, and Apple followed all of these announcements up with the obligatory Johnny Ive video to stir our gadget lust. And I will put a link to that video in the show notes. I mean... The phone looks absolutely gorgeous. They always have a way of making it look even more attractive, despite the many leaks we've seen months before. And um, now there comes a disappointing part. And I was really shocked about this. I was expecting them to say, um, well, the iPhone um, the, the iPhone 10 will be available to pre-order on Friday and blah, blah, blah. No, I was actually quite surprised. The iPhone 10 will be available to pre-order in late October, October the 27th, the iPhone 10 will ship on November the 3rd. Now, this is a real disappointment. This is a real, real disappointment. Um, and it's one of many disappointments now concerning this product. Um, 
This is a disappointment to those who, and perhaps they did it foolishly, but those who may have sold their phones in anticipation for this one. There's a lot of people who are waiting for this redesigned iPhone. Um, and a lot of people already sort of flip their phone on eBay or use various uh, recycling services such as EnviroPhone or, or Music Magpie. Um, and their phones have gone. <laughs> they were expecting to pre-order a new phone on Friday. Um, and unfortunately, they're going to have to to wait. Uh, they're going to have to wait till November. Um, that's almost two months. Um, and, and this, and I'm wondering about the people in the Apple Upgrade Program as well, because they pay their monthly amount um, on the basis of that they go, they trade in the device after 12 months and they go for the new one. Now, they will be making a 13th and possibly a 14th payment, which isn't the sort of best um, best value for them. Um, and then they will be able to upgrade after that. But then that means if the next iPhone next year is released around the same time without a delay into October, so let's say it's actually released in mid-September as usual, then they won't be eligible to upgrade. They'll have to wait out another couple of months because of the odds, uh, the odd up, the odd, um, the odd release date of, of this this iPhone 10. So those people won't be too happy either. Um, I mean, there's basically going to be tons of people now without either without a phone or forced to get the uh, the inferior, and it does look inferior. I mean, it, you know, the the inferior iPhone 8. Um, now the second thing that really annoyed me about the iPhone 10, and I know we're expecting it, and I think Apple deliberately leaked information about this for months just to sort of prep us, was the price. What, and I was expecting this thing to start at a thousand pounds, um, which is ridiculous for a phone. Fine. What I wasn't expecting Apple to do was to shortchange us in terms of storage and they're pulling the same trick as they're pulling with the um, the iPhone 8. So the iPhone 10 is available, at, you know, lowest point of entry at 64 gigabytes of storage, which is insane for such a premium phone. It should have been 128 as at the entry storage level. Um, you can then sort of jump up to 256 and that's it. That's your lot. Again, no 128 gigabyte model. So the 64 gigabyte model is 999 pounds for 64 gigabytes. Ouch. The 256 gigabyte model is 1,149 pounds. Ouch again. For those of you on the Apple upgrade program, the 64 gigabyte model will set you back 47 pounds and 95 pence a month 256 at 55 pounds and 15 pence a month that might not sound too bad but considering you need to find a sim only contract and um you know pay your airtime on that contract it's going to cost you a lot in total and to be honest i absolutely i absolutely fear the prices the networks are going to charge because they always add them they always add a little bit of markup anyway and they just use it as an opportunity just to literally tie you into a, a, a two-year contract which isn't normally um the good value for you 
Um, and I can't see a lot of people enthusiastically putting money down to buy this such an expensive handset up front. Um, and I don't think the iPhone 8 is enticing enough uh, for people to make do with that. Um, I, I, I dread to imagine what the networks are going to charge, to be honest with you. Um, I'm very angry. Actually, the more I think about it, the more angry I get. I mean, I, I was speaking to some friends as we were watching this conference and we were all flabbergasted uh, at, at the price of this. And I think the price would have been easier to digest if there was a mid-range model. If the 64 gig cost, uh, if the cost of 64 gig one um, uh, applied to an 128 gigabyte model instead, that would have been easier, easier to digest. But this is just pure greed. I mean, the prices are quite frankly disgusting. Um, the storage options are even more disgusting and manipulative. Um, I, I was reading over Mac, Mac rumors actually, and, and someone on the forum, um, I'll, I'll give them full credit, made, made a very good point. And they said, you don't create an a thousand pound, 1000 pound phone, and then dedicate your sales pitch to how you can make a cartoon animal face talk. And that's very true. Is this is now essentially a rich person's phone, not a rich person's phone, but a wealthy person's phone. And I don't see how making this ridiculously expensive um, somehow honors Steve Jobs and honors the vision of Steve Jobs and honors the original iPhone, as as, as Tim Cook kept on saying again and again. Um, he said that... Um, you know, the, the entire event was held in Steve's honor and that he thinks Steve would, would have been proud of this new product. I tell you what, from what I remember of Steve Jobs, he wouldn't have tolerated such a, a, a delay in this product. And the cheek and well, in terms of the price, yeah, he might have believed that the price was worth it. But you can't you can't be pricing this item so highly and there be such a significant delay on its release. It's just crazy. Um, so let me, from my point of view, I want to upgrade. Um, and I had a few quotes for my iPhone seven locked in with the likes of music, magpie, Viraphone, that sort of thing. And, you know, it's funny because the, the, um, the quotes they were given kept on increasing over the past couple of days. And then normally it decreases when you get closer to an Apple event, but it was, they were increasing. And I thought that's funny. Well, it probably, they knew something about it. They probably knew something about when these new phones were going to come out and, and knowing that not many, they wouldn't receive many iPhone 7 sales after all. Or actually, let's rope people in to sell their phones as soon as possible before they know they actually need to hang on to them a little bit longer. Now, so I've still got my iPhone 7 and I guess I better hang on to it until the 10 comes out. But I, I, I think the value probably dropped significantly. So I'm not sure how I'm going to offset against the cost of this iPhone 10 and I think Apple have almost priced me out the market because I can't justify spending whether I have it or not is irrelevant but I can't well it's relevant but if I have it that's irrelevant because I can't justify spending over a thousand pounds on a phone um do you know how many low-end windows laptops you can get for a thousand pounds anyway we won't go into that but over £1,000 for a single phone. And the thing is, I have a 128 gigabyte um, iPhone 7. I'm kind of used to 128 gigabytes now. I don't... 
I don't know if I can go back to 64 gigabytes. I do have um, a high capacity um, iCloud account. I've got the, the two terabyte option. Maybe I'll have a look at how many photos I've got stored on my device. And if those were all to be hosted on iCloud, how much space I've actually truly used on my iPhone. But I'm actually seriously, uh, uh, no, I'm going to make see if that works because I'm seriously considering if I'm going to get this phone, I'm seriously considering dropping back to 64 gigabytes and I would assume a lot of other people would too but for such a premium handset and one that you know offers 4k video recording 60 frames per second etc is 64 gigabytes going to cut it and but the price of 256 oh my goodness me um yeah it's going it, this is going to sting for a while um so yeah, those are the prices. And I, so, so in terms of, so there's delay, like I said, um, this, this thing, um, won't be available until November. Um, that gives a lot of people, well, it gives people t a lot of time to think about whether they really want to go for this or whether they want to go for the eight or if they do want to go for this, um, you know what, what what options are they i mean we know we have the prices now for the apple upgrade program we have nothing from the networks that should be interesting don't expect them to announce anything soon because they like to wait until you know they they, they like to be the, the last one to after they've considered after they've looked at what everyone else is charging they like to come out at the last minute for better offer and then you, you get a stalemate situation where no one's revealing anything and that can be quite annoying um so luckily I haven't sold my iPhone 7. Luckily, uh, I'm actually on the O2 refresh plan, which means I could just continue to pay off my existing iPhone um, 7 handset uh, cost, um, which means to basically basically means it it's slightly cheaper uh, when I do decide to upgrade to the 10. I'm definitely not going to go for the 8. I just don't think there is a significant enough... Um, up, upgrade it's not significant enough upgrade uh, to the 7 series um I, i'm surprised they called it iphone 8 but um i'm sure that's just for marketing reasons so yeah that's the iphone 10 and it looks gorgeous it really does and it you know you watch that video and it's tempting but goodness me that price it doesn't get any easier So anyway, for those of you who've made your mind up, yep, doesn't matter. Going to go for the iPhone 10, whatever. Um, I think there were rumors actually at the weekend that um, um, production uh, was actually quite low um, on, on, on this on this model. Um, and that's simply because they had a late start. And there was actually a report in the Wall Street Journal that Apple had a late start because they literally worked until the 11th hour trying to get Touch ID to work underneath the uh, the screen. And because it didn't, um, they fell behind. Um, and which is why now we've got such a delay until the launch of this product. I um, So I'm hoping that they will ramp up production between now and um, the uh, November release. And so availability shouldn't be too difficult. But I would imagine those 64 gigabyte models are going to go like hotcakes. 256, not necessarily so. Um, I don't think there'll be any stock issues with the iPhone 8. I think that will be plentiful. 
if there are any issues at all, it'll probably be with the gold model because that seems to be the um, the the main color that Apple are using to market the device. And because it's a new shade of gold, people like to go with what's new. <clears throat> so those of you who have decided on the iPhone 10, um, take a look at the accessories. I mean, they're on the Apple Store already. You're looking at uh, a silicon case, silicon, not leather, um, 39 pounds. Um, and there's quite a range of colors, actually. There's some cool new looking ones. Um, I'm just going to go into the site now and have a look what color options are there. So you've got uh, blue colberts, you've got rose red, ultraviolet, dark olive, white, uh, pink sand, Midnight blue, black, and regular red. And I got my eyes on blue Colbert. But if you want to go a bit more premium, there um, is the leather case. The leather case is £49. Um, so it looks the same as the silicone, but leather. Um, but if you want to go premium after that, uh, you can get a leather folio case. Now, it's the first time Apple of a... Um, I've, 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 given us the option of a, an official folio case um and this folio case is is leather and it has spaces um and, and compartments for for cards and receipts um and banknotes apparently um so actually it might might make a nice wallet replacement i don't know but the price is 99 pounds so yeah 100 pounds for a case colors in that one cosmos blue which is actually quite a nice shade of blue i like that um and you got a brown um you got black and you have berry and the berry is quite nice too um so all stitched wonderfully and you know it looks very high quality and with the apple logo at the back and yeah but even the accessories are expensive on this thing so that's the news from the apple event um i am both impressed and a little bit um frustrated um i'm a little bit angry as well to be honest with apple um this is yeah the, the Tim Cook's Apple seemed to be quite greedy, I think. And and Steve Jobs, funnily, you know, they spent they spent the evening of the event um, just sort of uh, with sound bites, reminders of things that Steve said over the years. And um, there was a famous point in time when Steve did criticize Apple for, for being too greedy. And I think this might be the case. I, I don't know. I mean, you're always going to have that sort of the diehard fans who are going to rush out there and get the hottest new product. They're going to get the um, the 10 most definitely, but the 10 cannot continue at those sort of prices uh, for long. I don't think so. I think you'll see, well, you may see a price cut as soon as they can sort of um, uh, catch up with demand, considering the production problems that they've had with it. Um, as soon as they can meet demand, I think you'll, you'll see a price cut. Um, not sure where that uh, pink model was, um, the, blush, the blush gold, which was kind of like a pinkish... Um, gold or um it depended on what lighting the the, the the you know you saw the the um the leaked pictures in um either a blush gold or a, a kind of a copper or, or a bronze um there was no sign of that at all which is interesting now you may see that a bit later on i don't know um so 
yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm just curious as to um, what people think once you, you just sort of do the sums and you digest all of this. Is this something you're going to go for? Did you already sell your phone? Um, are you going to just make do with the eight? Um, I mean, let me know. Really, let me know in the comments. Um, so, I mean, well, yeah, so I'm, I'm, I'm a little, I have mixed feelings after this event. Um, and... I think Apple kind of missed the point, particularly um, saying that, that Steve would have been proud of this. I, th I thought it was disastrous in many ways in the sense all the leaks happened at the weekend, shouldn't stole all the thunder. Um, the pricing left a bad taste in everyone's mouth, most definitely. And the, and of course, the very, very disappointing delay on, on, on the 10. You know, we have to know, wait until November to get our hands on this. Um, but anyway, we... we um, we also saw um, a bit of Apple Park, actually, because this, this event was the first to be held at the um, the Steve Jobs Theatre, which is a state-of-the-art auditorium, and it looked incredible. We saw some shots of that, uh, people sort of meandering, um, and you know, within, within the uh, the waiting area, the lobby of, of this theatre, um, just before the, uh, the stream started. And we saw some shots of Apple Park, the Apple Park um, and the main spaceship campus. Oh, the mothership looking campus and it looked amazing it looked modern um really ultra modern actually ultra futuristic it was it looked like a really nice light um a working environment and the lighting just just amazing you know um, and you have that sort of Cal california californian land landscape surrounding you and it it it, it, it looks like a, a great place to be um and there is a visitor center that will be opening there later in the year and a brand new apple store for those who wanted to make the pilgrimage to uh, cupertino um so yeah let me know what you think um about this event and about the pricing uh, I'm sure I'm going to get a whole uh, mixed range of uh, responses. Um, so drop me an email at feedback at intersectioncast.com uh, or go on our website, intersectioncast.com and leave your comments there. Alternatively, leave a Skype message, um, Skype voicemail. Our Skype account is uh, feedback at intersectioncast.com. Um, you can follow us if you've not done so already. You can subscribe. Uh, we're available on all leading podcast directories, including iTunes. Um, if you prefer to follow us via social media, our Twitter account is at Let's Intersect. And our Facebook page is facebook.com slash intersectioncast. Okay, uh, well, I'm Jonathan Wildman signing off this special edition of the Intersection Podcast. We have a lot of thinking to do and a lot of math to do. But until the next time, guys, that's a wrap. The Intersection.